You are now tuned in to Believe. Do you believe? I'm RJ Zimmerman, here with my brother-in-law, Monte Ball. How you doing? Um, I'm, I'm, I'm alive, man. I'm alive, so in the grand scheme of things, I'm doing, I'm doing fine, but I mean, but, but, you know, in actuality, man, I, it's, it's tough, tough, tough times right now, tough, uh, just tough environment, um, um, right now, it's it's kind of already difficult to put it into words, man. I completely agree. Uh, I have that same same trouble, and <laughs> I don't face what you face. Yeah, it's uh, you don't you don't, but you do have brown children. So I mean, you you in a way understand, of course, what my sister, myself, and and every black American in this country is uh, dealing with right now and have been dealing with for obviously we all understand for, for a very long time. Um, and, and for those who don't, don't know what we're talking about, obviously the George Floyd situation, um, rest in peace to George Floyd and every other murder. Let's, exactly. let's use the proper terminology here. <laughs> the George Floyd murder, the murder exactly for every other black American who is unlawfully murdered. Um, well, you know, murder isn't lawful anyways, but, uh, but you know what I'm getting at? It's just unfortunate, man. And this one, I'm not saying that I value his life more than, you know, uh, Trayvon Martin's or Eric Garner's or, or Tamir Rice's Flando Castile. I mean, the list goes on and on. I'm not saying I value George Floyd's life more than theirs, but for some reason, man, this one, this one sat very differently with me. And I think I'm not the only one who is saying the same thing. I mean, this his situation really affected my mood. I mean, it really did. My mood, uh, my productivity at work, um, everything, what I ate, um, just because of how it all played out, unfortunately, just with the police officer's knee on the back of his neck and the look in that police officer's face and, and, and even understanding Hands that. in pocket. Yes. And even when the medics arrived or any whatever, you know what I mean? When the people sh- were yelling at him to get off of him and he doesn't have, an, you know, Mr. Floyd wasn't having a pulse and the police officer was still keeping his knee on his neck. I mean, it's. It as it shouldn't have sat well with me, it, it, it's, um, it's still affecting me as you can tell. And, and, and obviously we all understand what's going on right now with the riots and stuff. Um, what, what, what do you, what are you seeing about all that, man? What do you, what do you, what's your, what's your take on it? Um, I'm going to start off by letting everyone know that, you know, if you're having a tough time right now, uh, this is what this show is going to be about because mm-hmm. if we did not devote 
and try our full attention to this and we tried to have an upbeat show and not fully talk about this we'd be disingenuous Mm -hmm. um you know it's it's tough not being able to fall into a vice that makes you forget and i completely understand wanting to wanting to do that um this is disgusting um during a pandemic to act like this as police officers and then you have you have them as you know there's a lot of peaceful protests there's a lot of bad actors that are taking advantage of peaceful protests Mm. and there's a time when protests aren't being heard for years it's going to escalate and you've heard many people who study this for a living who uh, are a part of peaceful movements tell you that eventually it's going to boil over and you're seeing that right now mm-hmm. when you can't walk into a business and write a check without having the cops called on you and because you wrote you wrote a good check you get arrested just because you're writing a check while black yeah and here's the crazy part about it it was so many mixed stories because at first it was a bad check, a good check, whatever. But then it comes to find out it's not even a check. It was, they thought it was a counterfeit $20 bill or $10 bill. That's what it's, that's what it came down to a counterfeit money. That was actually real money. All in all, your point exactly is it doesn't even matter what it was. Why would the police officers arrive on scene in that fashion for someone who, who allegedly had a, f- a fake check or whatever, a bounce check or, or whatever, or, or even a counterfeit dollar bill or, or, or whatever, why would they arrive on scene with that much aggression for that low of a crime? Well, we all know why. We yes. all know why. And I honestly did not watch the full video. Um, Right. I mean, that's for my own selfish reasons. Maybe I should, but I just, I can't do it again. How many police killings do we have to see on video before we finally take it serious? A police force is supposed to be, you know, peaceful. Their first two words are to serve and protect, Yeah. right? Who who are they serving? Who are they protecting? (laughs) <laughs> uh, white people obviously who else Absolutely. I'm, you're not really protecting anybody and you so. certainly aren't serving the city hmm. acting like that you That's know it, I'm sorry go ahead I'm, no, I'm, I'm, it just it, <laughs> to, to constantly see this stuff that they escalate like first off I want to say that I do think that police officers deserve a pay raise. And here's why. Right now, you do not get qualified candidates putting in for the police force. So they have to hire what they get. Generally, they're hiring people who have been wronged in some way, 
who maybe were bullied, were bullies, um, and they they want a little bit of power, quote unquote, and take it out on people. You know, if you make it a a job that you can make a good living off of, you would have better candidates put in for it, more qualified candidates, and it would help with this. But you, they obviously need more training. You cannot show up hmm. thinking you're going to beat the shit out of somebody and murder them, put them in the hospital, whatever it is that you think you can do because you're a police officer. Exactly. Exactly. They they need here's the thing is 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 <clears throat> obviously the the bad cops, the bad apples, however we want to put them show up. It's almost if they wake up in the morning knowing that that's what they're going to do. Um which is a terrible mindset to have going into that field or waking up and going into your workplace with that mindset. I work right now um as a social worker. Um, I specialize in de-escalation, which I think is the training that police forces need to have. They do have mental health units where they do have a mental health officer who is trained with de-escalation, but I feel like every officer needs that training. Um, so for me, deal- being in social work, um, dealing with um, some sensitive cases, that being individuals who suffer from with more mental illnesses than others, that being paranoid, schizophrenic, etc. It would be very ill-willed or what have you of me to wake up in the morning and being like, you know what? I think I'm going to, you know, really have to, you know, restrain somebody today and I'm going to yell at somebody, scream at them. And no, that's not the mindset that I have when I wake up and go to work. My mindset is if any situation escalates to a level of screaming, yelling, shouting, where they may be in harm's way of harming themselves or others, I'm trained to de-escalate the situation. That's what the mindset I have every morning is. No matter what happens, I have a protocol. That's not going to result in the individual being face down with my knee in the back of their neck and obviously worse, being dead. Um, And that's just... That's just my take on it as well. I do believe, obviously, police officers, they do deserve more uh, money, a pay raise. Absolutely. Yeah, but, I, but I agree with you there. But that should come with more training. More oh, training. For sure. More for people, people who deal with autism, you know, like you can't scream and shout and flash your light in someone's face who's autistic. Yeah. I mean, is the officer supposed to know that when they arrive on scene? No, but that's why you should be trained for situations like this. Not saying that George Floyd was autistic, but I'm just throwing out an example. Um, it, it, it requires, it's getting to the point where the police force, which I'm very, very thankful for. I want to most definitely put that out there. Very I'm going to put it out there. I'm not. Yeah. I believe that this is kind of the field where you, you, you have to, as a precinct, you have to do a better job of internal investigations and weaving out the bad apples immediately. You can't have a bad apple in this, in this field. It, like you can't have a bad apple and in, in, in the, 
as a pilot. You know, American Airlines can't have a bad Apple pilot. <laughs> like, as in, they can't say, well, you know, we may land the plane. We may not. We'll see. Everybody put your seatbelts on and good luck. No. <laughs> we, we need more training. We need more, more, more funding. More funding. I don't know. I don't know about funding. Um, the NYPD gets $6 billion a year. Jeez. Uh, <laughs> I didn't even know that. That needs, that <laughs> needs to stop going to militaristic weapons. <laughs> I didn't even know that. Jeez. So, My yes, the funds need to be allocated much, much better. I mean, how often are you going to be facing an armed you know, an, an, an army, the armed bank robbers like Los Angeles Extremely uh, rare. in the early 90s that led to, you know, uh, police departments escalating mm-hmm. to get military grade everything. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I think there's uh, plenty of video showing officers showing up at these protests looking to start something. Um, I know that you have to have a mindset. That if something happens, you know, you're going to be ready for it. But at the same time, you can't be the reason for that happening. Hmm. Uh, p- part of my issue is that I'm also in a union mm-hmm. and my job can also kill me. I work with something that does not care that I have a family that does not care that I have two little boys. It is callous. It's cold. And it'll put me in the ground. If I make a mistake, Mm -hmm. I had to go through eight months of schooling and a four year apprenticeship before I was allowed to work alone. And even then, the company keeps a close eye on you because they know that you're not ready, quote unquote. So, why aren't police forces doing the same thing? Why aren't you reining people in? You know, I'm a part of a union. And when we see somebody who's unsafe, who might keep me from coming home to my family, we report it. And if nothing has changed, they're fired. And the union's not going to stand behind you because they have no time for somebody who is going to either kill themselves or kill their coworkers. What are we doing with police departments? I mean, you're giving unions a bad name, number one. Number two, you're keeping people from going home to their families. You're supposed to be the reason that they go home to their families. And we know you have families to go home to. That's all you ever talk about. You don't talk about the families that don't get their loved ones back. You just talk about your own family. Right. You better be stepping up, not just calling these people out, but ostracizing those people, not the ones who stand up and talk about justice and truth and do the right things. That's what gets me. Yeah, the silence, man. It's it's 
you know, I've been seeing the po- people post about stuff like that, you know, you know, silence equals, um, white silence equals violence or something like that. And it's, it's the uh, man, tough times. It really is. I'm frustrated. I'm angered. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm getting very annoyed. Um, I'm gonna be honest with some of my so-called friends back, back in my hometown. Um, um, because I got into a debate, um, which I rarely do. I get into debates on social media because, you know, I'm an adult now, but it's, uh, but this situation really got under my skin. It was one of my longtime friends who I grew up with. And, uh, long story short, you know, as, as a human being, someone who has social media, it is your right to post whatever you want. Uh, that's appropriate, of course, under the guidelines of whichever platform you're on. Um, you have the right to post about the George Floyd situation, how messed up it is. You have a right not to post about it. The way that he chose to jump into this topic was to pretty much tell someone, you know, what they're posting. A black man, by the way, he told what what he's posting is incorrect. And he needs to understand that it was a meme that the left side of the meme is one situation. The other side is a different situation. And they happen in different States. Are you talking about the white protesters at the Capitol? Uh, no, it was the meme of the woman who was calling the cops in central park on the black guy. And then the right side of the meme was the police officer with his knee on the back of how um, does his neck he not he, see that's That's what that white woman wanted. Exactly, because the the meme said this leads to this, and he, he the on, the way that he jumped into this topic is because he didn't post about it at all on his Facebook page. The way he jumped into this topic was to this black man. He said, "You do understand that the, both of these are two different situations that actually happened in two different states, right?" I messaged him back. I I posted under that his comment. I'm like, "How do you not understand?" Even though, yes, these are two different situations. How do you not understand what this meme is is saying? I'm like, I'm like, I'm I'm shocked. And I said his name. I'm like, because we grew up together. I'm like, you you chose to jump into this topic this way, not saying George Floyd was murdered. Let's just be completely honest here. He was murdered. Or not posting about it at all. You chose to jump into this topic this way. I said, that says a lot. And then he came back with this whole, the black lives movement. You know, obviously I, I care about black people and I don't want them to be murdered, but the black lives movement, the black Lives matter movement is, uh, is creating a war and this and that, but just a bunch of bull crap. And I'm just like, you just are backpedaling heavily right now because you got called out. But long story short, I'm starting to see a lot on social media that's starting to get under my skin and it's coming from my, my so-called friends. Um, that's really starting to upset me as well. And I know I'm not the only one. Um, I know I'm not. Um, it's difficult times, tough times, and I don't want it to become a race war because when I was talking to my, my coworkers, I told him, I said, the last thing that I want to become or is to become prejudiced against white people. I said, I'm, I, I, I don't want for hate to build up in my heart. I don't want for this frustration to manifest into any sort of prejudice or hate or, or et cetera. 
which I'm, I'm, I know because I'm a, I'm a rational individual that it's not going to, but you know what I mean? I love white people. I know that there's allies out there. You're an ally, RJ, but at some point, something has got to give. I mean, we, we, we are literally witnessing our president say some things that are unreal. If the looting starts, the shooting starts. Which is from 1967. Uh, very racist sheriff in Miami who used it to perpetuate violence against black and colored people. For those mm-hmm. that do not know where that phrase came from. He is stoking fear and advocating for violence. A week ago, when there were peaceful, quote-unquote, peaceful protests with armed armed sissies storming a government building because they want haircuts. They want to sit at their local tavern and drink until they can't see. They want a disease that is spread by large gatherings to be allowed to spread. Uh and threatening to assassinate a governor who is not going to rescind that order. Those are very fine people. You have people protesting the unlawful death of a civilian who did nothing wrong. And you have thugs and threatening that violence. How is that person a leader? How is that person de-escalating a situation? And... You know, Minnesota and Wisconsin have both called in the National Guard. Mm -hmm. What are they going to do? You know, you're bringing in people who are trained to kill people to help police protests that are about being killed as civilians when you don't deserve to be killed. Please, 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 somebody explain to me how that is going to help the situation. It's not. It's it's making it worse. Mm-hmm. It is, and it's oh, it, it's frustrating man. because the people who have the influence and have the power have not used it to make the situation any better since Twitter and Facebooks come to relevance, since camera technology has been in a phone, and you've been able to see everything. Nothing's gotten better. You you should watch the Philando Castile video, which is why I don't watch these videos anymore because that stays with me. And how is that not changed? How has the use of force not been changed in that city, hmm. which is a quote-unquote liberal city? And I'm coming for you, Madison, because you're a quote-unquote liberal city but it's a lot of fake liberalism. Words are wind. Actions mean everything. When my wife and I go out on a date and we are not served because we're an interracial couple in Madison and you got a table of eight people being a bunch of clowns getting served before us, they come in after us, they get their drinks before us, they eat first, they get their bill, 
and they leave before us, two people, I got a problem. And that's in the most liberal, quote unquote, part of the city. There is a massive problem with white people sitting on the sidelines. You want to say, I don't see color. That honestly means that you see color and you feel guilty about it. And by the way, I didn't understand that because I used to say that. I didn't understand that till I got called out by my wife. If I don't see her color, I don't see her struggle. And I didn't understand that until she said that. And it's true. It is very true. You best damn well start seeing color and start seeing the way that people are treated differently. It's not, not like it's subtle. And, you know, two years ago, I think I, I, you know, I've talked about how uh, the past two years at work, well, you know, the previous, it was a, a few months ago, things started getting better. But two years ago at work, the pride flag got sent around to um, all of the field offices and nobody said that it had to be raised, but I'm working in Madison and the foreman says over my dead body, will that ever get raised here? I'm sitting there and it's in front of some apprentices who are young and still trying to become the people that they're going to become and are influenced. I took exception to that. Why? Well, he was not expecting me to ask why. Well, explain to me what's wrong with that flag. Uh, uh, A lot of backtracking right there. Well, I made it my mission to make people stand up and say, no, I don't want that flag. And guess what? The flag got raised. And since that point, that foreman was retaliating against me. Everything I did was scrutinized. But guess what? I didn't care. Yeah, it made it really hard. Yeah, I ended up moving out of that office, which I loved. I loved that area. I loved the people who worked there. I ended up moving to another place that I knew I was going to work with. The biggest a-hole that worked at the company, who ran off two full crews of people. He ran them off. But I was going to go work with him instead because I knew that guy wasn't going to try to uh, get me fired for doing nothing. And I'm not saying this because I want credit. I don't care. I say this because I live my morals. I live my morals. I don't just speak it. I do it. My yeah, my field is predominantly white and it drives me crazy. There's all these people say, oh, we get all these good candidates. No, we don't. We've been firing so many people the past three years. So the company took a different angle and they hired people with no experience off the street to be trained. And it's specifically in areas that are tough to keep people. Madison is a tough area to keep people because it's so expensive compared to everywhere else that we serve. Not just that, 
but it's busy. We do a lot of work with a smaller shop that a lot of other places, they get bigger shops because they have more trouble calls. Um, one of the people that got hired is black. And he's been at the company for three months. I got to work with him this week and it took me 15 minutes to see how he is treated differently from somebody who is white. Jeez, 15 minutes. And this kid wants to work with us. He wants to be a lineman. I wasn't sure how detailed I was going to go on this. I was busy on my off day making calls, standing up for this kid because nobody stood up for him yet. He hasn't been given a chance. He's been set up to fail. He's being treated like he came out of line school and it's obvious that he wasn't. And he wasn't hired to be an apprentice. He was hired to be a laborer that could possibly lead to an apprenticeship. I was the first person that took some time to train him. I took tools out of a truck, laid it out, and, and asked, asked him, and I said, it's okay if you don't know this. I don't expect you to, but this is the best way that I learned. Can you tell me what these are? And he could tell me what they did, but he couldn't tell me the names of them, which is fine. So I told him the names of them. I said, sometimes this is what it's called. Sometimes this is what it's called. It was the first time somebody did that. He's never had this kind of experience. And you expect him to know what to do? He said that when he's given orders in the morning, he's not given the orders. He has to either listen to what's going on or ask somebody else. He's not included in the group. When he's sitting around in the group, he doesn't talk. He's not made to feel like he's one of the guys. And this is not something I'm disappointed, but I'm not surprised. You know, I'm, hearing I'm, these people talk and, you know, people are going to talk around you when you're white. <laughs> that's when all they really are. Exactly. Yeah. The, the, the truth, the truth, the truth comes out, man. It always does. Truth always comes out. Um, what's said in the dark always comes to light. It's, and that's just the frustrating part about it, which I, I shouldn't act like I'm surprised. You know what I mean? But a lot of people are showing their true colors right now. A lot of people are. Um, a lot of people are. I mean, for instance, you know, some people are messaging me. And, and what have you tweeting back at me and that, you know, I shouldn't be posting some of the stuff that I'm posting because it's promoting, um, you know, violence, the writing and stuff like that. And that's not true. I'm not promoting violence. I'm only showing, um, what the possible looters are thinking. Um, not saying that I'm all for the looting and the destruction of your city. So it's definitely not the right answer, but what is the correct answer is my question. What is the correct answer? We have tried 
for years and years and years of peaceful protesting. Was it Martin? Nothing. I'm uh, sorry. Was it Martin Luther King Jr. who said riots are the voices of the unheard? Yep. Yes, it was. It's everything that has been given to man was taken by man. We talk about our freedom from Great Britain. That wasn't peacefully how we got that. (laughs) How black people were given rights. That wasn't peaceful. I mean, we can go all the way back to the Civil War if we want. How women got rights? Uh, (laughs) How women got rights? Yeah, that wasn't peaceful. Exactly. But when now, as we're getting into more modern times, you know, these individuals expect for us to be peaceful about it. Okay, we tried. We were kneeling during the national anthem. And we got called the sons of bees by the president of the United States of America. We had people burning Nike apparel because Nike decided to put Colin Kaepernick as their spokesperson for a very important movement. That didn't work. Now we are choosing to, like like Martin Luther King Jr. said, a riot is is the language of the unheard. I'm not saying that I'm all for burning, destroying, doing what's being done right now, but as a rational individual, I understand it. Understanding something doesn't mean that I'm for it or even against it. I'm just saying I understand it. And that's what some people need to understand right now is don't tell someone how to, that you're supposed to act this way due to the trauma that you're experiencing. When they (laughs) did and you didn't listen. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. You don't tell in this social work field, someone who has dealt with childhood abuse, possibly sexual abuse, what have you, you do not tell an individual you should act this way (laughs) because of your trauma. That's not what trauma informed therapy is. You don't tell someone how they should be acting. You address how they've been acting and you figure out a plan to, to help them moving forward. A lot, a lot of, a lot of white people right now, and I'm going to say it are telling black people how they should act. And that's, that's very inappropriate, very inappropriate. So that, that, that's, that's, yeah, my, my take on it, man. It's, it's frustrating. It's, you know, you having, up to brown children, me having a brown son. It's um, obviously our frustration is boiling over because of what's the future going to be like for our children. It's scary. Where are we going to be? It's scary. Yeah, Uh, it is. And it, it's, it's hard to, it's hard to put it into words. It's, 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 it's difficult, but, I, but, I'm, but I'm glad, though, that we're talking about it because I love the fact that you're a white American and I'm a black American. Um, so we have different backgrounds, you know what I mean? Like upbringings, um, we can bring two different things to the table, uh, both obviously agreeing on the main top or the main goal, which is, you know, or the main thing, which is obviously we, we racism is 
is bad. We we need to we need to cut it off. We need to do what we need to do to to unify. But you know, you coming from northern Wisconsin, me coming from you know a place forty miles west of St. Louis, Missouri. It's we've both seen it differently in our own eyes, um, and it's just it's just really good. I guess what I'm getting at. It's really good for us to come together and and attack this. I, I wish that more people in the country would do this. <laughs> um, you know, you come from a town of 2000 people. I come from a town of 40,000 people. Um, so it's, it's two different backgrounds, but wanting the same outcome. And, you know, being, being around you guys, uh, looking back on me growing up, things I've seen, things I've heard, uh, it makes me a little bit ashamed and opens my eyes, uh, to how ignorant I was. Um, you know, I, th- there was the one thing I will always be proud of my family growing up is that we really did not treat anybody differently. We didn't give you special treatment. Um, you know, my, my, one of my main babysitters was black. So for me, I guess it's just normal. That's just, you know, how, how she looked, whatever. Like, it, you know, it's nothing. But then I think about how my friends talked. I think about how people were probably treated in that town differently. I think about how poorly people talk about Mexicans, I think, you know, and I have just sitting there not raising my voice up. It's, it makes me feel guilty. And, but you know what? That's okay. That means I have a conscience. That means I'm going to do different, something different going forward. And you have to do something different going forward. If you want change, I can say that, uh, Voting matters, and most of the primaries are over. Um, you know, new blood would be a start, but there's a lot of the uh, the top in the Democratic Party who have had a chance to do something different, who haven't. Therefore, when a primary comes we mm-hmm. need to take a very, very long look at if those people have done and tried something and are the best fit for office. Uh, voting really does matter. And it's put us in the position that we're in. You know, your sheriff, your district attorney, they can all shift how police departments respond, how police departments act. Uh, One thing I want to call out, I'm not sure what town it was, what city it was, New Jersey, you had police and the police chief marching with the protesters because they're not protesting something that should be put down. Everybody deserves the same rights. That's the America that I grew up on. Exactly. Uh, Atlanta's Everybody. police chief 
was out with the protesters, listening to every single one she could get to, not just nodding her head and saying, okay, you're right. Like listening and engaging with them. That's leadership. In Flint, Michigan, and I know there's some problems with Flint. I don't know if it's being corrected. I don't know if they're redoing the water system there. But I do know the sheriff took off his riot gear, made his officers drop their batons, and he marched with the, those people, with the, with the protesters, with, with the people out there trying to make, their, make it known this is not okay. Also, you know, that's leadership. That's where we start. It is. And that's where we're lacking. We're lacking. Sorry to jump in here. We're lacking the people need to understand that there's a huge difference between being an anti-racist and being a non-racist. Yes. Being a non-racist today is not enough. I'm sorry. It's not. It's not enough just to be a non-racist. You see what's going on right now. And it's time to become an anti-racist being anti-racist is vocally or, or whichever other way, spiritually, what have you jumping into this topic and, and, and policing your friends, policing some of the white circles. I'm just going to say it that, that, that you guys may surround yourself around and they're sharing some jokes and acting like, you know, their world, their little small world is, is how it really is elsewhere. It, it's educating everybody on what's going on around this country to black and brown people. It, it, you have to become an advocate. And I always say this, if I see someone who, who is gay, who is being bullied or transgender person who is being bullied, I'm not just going to say, oh, well, I'm sure that happens to every transgender person. I'm sure that happens to every gay person and actually stop it, stop it from happening. But, this, but then just go on with my life. I'm going to do more educating. I'm going to understand, become more empathetic and understand what this gay person or transgender person is dealing with on a daily basis, how they cannot be their selves, be themselves because of what they're externally experiencing from others or internally, or what have you, I'm going to become an advocate for the LGBTQ. I'm going to be like, this needs to end. This needs to stop. I'm going to voice it. And that's what us black people want from white people. That is what we need. And people to become anti-racist. You know, here, here's some, a lot of white people. They say, well, it should be a meritocracy. We have a meritocracy. You know, you have to work for what you get. But when black, brown, LGBTQ plus, they get there, they earn their way there, they're side-eyed. Why are you here? Oh, you're only here because you're black, brown, LGBTQ plus. Like, no, you need to accept them and expect that they got hired for a reason. What? what? Here's something that I've learned, and I learned it. Through myself, you know, I, and this is it. When you take your time and you show somebody respect and 
you show them, you give them individual attention and you show them, okay, I'm going to show you how to do this. And then you give them some line. You allow them some space to grow. They're going to grow. Every single, I cannot believe the number of apprentices that come to the crew and they're scared to do anything because they've been berated for doing something wrong that they've never done before. How are you going to put somebody in that position? So then I talk to this kid and they ask him to do something and he does it wrong. And, oh, well, you know, he's just talked down to. How is that a situation to help somebody? You know, it's what we need to start doing is accepting and stop side-eyeing. They're there because they deserve it. They're not there because of their skin color. Okay, if you feel inferior just because somebody is different that's there, that's a you problem. Stop putting that on everybody Mm. else. You know, it's why can't two men kiss in public? Why can't two women kiss in public? You know, why are transgendered people scared to show themselves in public? Because you're uncomfortable? That's a you issue. Exactly. You stay home if that period. You. There's literally you just keep period. on walking by, and you don't even have to worry about it the rest of your day. If you're still thinking about it, that's a you. If you're bothered by it, that's a you. If it's against your religion, take it to your church. Mm. Exactly, and that's a really good point. That's an awesome point because that's that's true. It's becoming a how well for instance the woman in the in the park central park calling the cops and the black man my friend so-called friend didn't understand my point that i was trying to make and the point that i was pretty much trying to make in all is this white woman was pretty much she felt offended that a black man of the lower socioeconomic status how dare you believe that you can tell me what to do? How dare you believe that you can record me while I'm telling you that I'm going to call the cops on you and tell them that you were threatening me and threatening my life or, and, and whatever. You know what I'm, you know what I'm getting at? It's, it's the privilege. How dare you feel like you can tell me that I need to put my dog on a leash. You don't have that right. You don't have the socioeconomic status in America to tell me a white woman what I can and cannot do. That is the point that I was trying to make because she knew exactly what she was doing. She knew exactly. Like (laughs) asking me to follow the law. How dare you black man who (laughs) obviously doesn't have as much Mm -hmm. money as me. Exactly. That is my point that I was trying to get across. And then some white people don't understand that. And, and, and that's just what's the frustrating thing about that whole situation was, is she knew exactly what she was doing. She knew exactly the words that she needed to say to the 911 operator. 
and she knew exactly what level of, you know, their heightened sense of awareness or, you know, how the police officers were going to arrive on scene. You know, their blood was already going to be rushing. And that's just what we don't need. And I think a lot of white people, they think that back in the 60s, the 50s, the Civil War, they would not act that way. You know, Nazi Germany, I would not send the Jews away. The way you're acting right now, you're wrong. Um, That's something Mm. that I think about uh, with guilt. I don't know how I would have acted. Um, I don't know. I I can't say. I wasn't in those circumstances. I can say that that is one thing. When I find out more about my grandpa's life that I am infinitely proud of is my grandpa did not care. He, He treated you as a person, as a human being. And that makes me very proud. Um, You know, everybody... Everybody makes mistakes. The past, you can't make, you can't change what you did in the past, but you can change what you do in the future and what you're doing in the present. And trying to be a better person moving forward is the only way that as a society, and this doesn't just go for America, this goes for the world, is going to be a better place. Mm. I'm it's it's what's happening is is not like I said it's the rioting the fighting the looting obviously it's not the best way to go about the situation but I'm just asking again at what point does a group does an ethnic background group or whatever ethnicity group what at what point does the that straw break the camel's back um 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 it's we need a better future for us for our children for our children's children because we're here to stay we're not going anywhere so we got to make a change. Uh, to end this, I'll just also ask a question. Do you hear us now? Hmm. So with that, we will transition to some uh, questions because we got a lot of questions from you. And <laughs> we both knew that there are the show was going to be like that. As I said in the beginning, we would have been doing ourselves a disservice. We would have been doing everybody who's listening a disservice if we did not cover it like we covered it. You know, uh, my parents like to flout the golden rule when it uh, suits people, treat others the way you want to be treated. But for real, treat everybody with respect and you will get it back. But it's not going to be given Mm. just because you think you deserve respect. You have to give it to get it. Um, So with that, we'll uh, we'll, we'll move on to some questions. 
what do you got? Yes, sir. Indeed. Yes, sir. Indeed. Um, yeah. So we do have a fan question. We do have a fan question um, from Eric Rajala Rahala on Twitter. He sent me a message or sent me a tweet on Twitter asking, <laughs> this is geared more towards me. Um, what really happened the night you got into that fight outside of a bar the summer before your senior year? <laughs> I don't. I don't okay. think it was a fight. I think it was more like a beating. Right, right, right. Okay, so yeah. Um, so back in 2012, yeah, 2012. Back in it happened in August when I got jumped. But let me take you about a, about three weeks prior, two weeks prior. Um, I was at a an apartment party, with some football players, um, and a bunch of other people, and. You know, we're college students, so, you know, we're just partying, doing all that, and um, and I'm standing against a wall with another football player, and we're just sitting there talking, um, talking about just everything that's going on, just having a good time, and all of a sudden a fight breaks out in the kitchen. Um, we turn our heads and look to see who's fighting in the kitchen, and there's another one of our football players fighting some, some guy that we don't know. Um, I stood back. Me and this other football player stood back too because we were like, we don't even know what's happening. Um, they were, them two were just fighting. Um, and then some people broke it up. And then the entire party got broken up and we were all kicked out. Well, we went back to the other bars and started partying and stuff and whatever. That's how that situation ended. Fast forward two weeks later, I'm at a bar um, with some football players and, um, I was getting kind of tired, tired. I was ready to call it a night. You know, it was like, it was like three or four days before training camp started. So, you know, we were like, let's have one more night out before we, you know, go down on lockdown and, and start really, you know, training and prepping for the season. Um, so I started to leave the bar and I'm walking home. Mind you, I'm heavily intoxicated at this time. I mean, I'm talking heavily intoxicated. I'm heading home and from what I remember um, is because I had a friend with me and this friend of mine told me the next day um, that someone yelled out my name. I turned around and then five guys attacked me. Um, You know, they shoved me, pushed me. um, And I think I had, they kicked me twice in the head is is really that all that happened. Um, But I think one of the kicks um, left me unconscious and, uh, ambulance arrived because because this individual kind of threw themselves on top of me so the other the five guys can stop attacking me um and then um you know i went to the ambulance and i went you know got into the ambulance and went to the hospital and the next thing i remember is coming to uh coming out of, i came to when i was coming out of the um cat scan and got back in the police car went um to my girlfriend's house at the time and uh yeah, the next morning, this individual shared that, yeah, they they were yelling, you know, if you're going to attack one of our, if you're one of your boys is going to attack one of our boys, then we're going to get, you know, one of y'all's. So long story short, I was at the wrong place at the wrong time because of what one of the other football players did to one of their guys. That guy's group of people did it to me because I'm associated with that football player. Uh, that's 
typically how that works, unfortunately. Um, and long story short, that football player ended up getting in some trouble <laughs> with the head coach. He got suspended. Um, I didn't really end too well for him, but, uh, but that, that's what happened. Um, that's Do you remember really the happened. next day being at your parents and the first words I said to you? Mm. I don't. <laughs> What'd you say? I said, well, at least he can't get any <laughs> uglier. <laughs> and you laughed. You said, oh, don't make me laugh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was lucky. Most definitely lucky because that could have ended worse, obviously, with five against one. Um, I expressed my my frustration um, in an interview, pretty much cow- calling them cowards. Um, you know, if you have to get four of your other boys to make it five versus one, then you're, you're that's, that's <laughs> wow. Pretty much a coward. Um, but yeah, that's how that situation went about. And thank goodness it was addressed. Uh, they faced charges, um, and moving forward, they, uh, you know, at least I, I know one of them changed their lives. Um, people change. So, so that's that, man. Thank you for that question, Eric. Uh, we have another couple questions here. There'll be a little bit more light here. Uh, they're from mm-hmm. Yogurt, Danimal, Dan Clark. Happy birthday, by the way. Can you design your perfect game and perfect movie? Characters, themes, actors, story elements, gameplay. So that's question number one. He has two questions. My answer would be, I cannot because I am not that talented. <laughs> wait, wait, what? Wait, wait, what's this question? How how does how did he how did he ask? Can it? you design your perfect game and perfect movie? We'll, we'll throw an or in there. My characters, themes, actors, story elements, gameplay. I know one of my friends okay. brought up like a, a Grand Theft Auto style Star Wars game uh, where maybe you're a bounty hunter, which I think was almost a game that came to mm-hmm. fruition but got canceled, which was frustrating as a Star Wars fan. Like that'd be really cool. I feel like there's a lot of characters a lot of gameplay elements that could be used that are left on the cutting room floor for star wars that aren't explored um what what about what about you what what do you got for you got anything exactly i do i do i do i'm obviously ocarina of time you know legend of zelda ocarina of time the greatest video game ever made i think uh if i were to create the best you know, the ideal video game, it would have to somewhat resemble the open worldness. That's even a word uh, <laughs> of Zelda. And it's not just that by it, you know, Ocarina of Time, it's not just by it being open world. Cause there's, you know, a great amount of open world games now, just the way that they did it. And Zelda, I really loved, um, um, I really, really enjoyed it. Um, but, from that point moving forward, how, what else would I create? That's tough, man. A question like that is going to have to take time. I mean, well, I'll probably have to come back next episode with 
with my answer. You know what I'm saying? It's going to take longer sure, than a minute sure. <laughs> for me to <laughs> for me to figure out the ideal you. video game um, or movie. Movie. I mean, if you if you create any movie like Inception, it, if for me creating the perfect movie, the person who's going to be making the music, the musical scores, or what have you, the movie scores is going to be Hans Zimmer. So he's going to be on board. Christopher Nolan directing it. Um, obviously, you know, um, Michael Caine, right? Uh, yeah. Michael Caine is going to be uh, one of the actors. Uh, pretty much just tell Christopher Nolan to get his whole cast that he usually rolls with <laughs> and create a movie that's going to make you think um, something that's to do with time. Are you talking about Tenet? Um, I think you're talking about Tenet. <laughs> that comes out later this month. Don't worry. Yeah, <laughs> right. But I'm just saying if I had to create the perfect movie, yeah. I mean, Michael Caine or uh, Christopher Nolan's movies deal with a lot with time. Interstellar, obviously Tenet, Inception, um, Memento. Um, he He's all about, you know, time is not linear. Um, so it's, uh, it has to be something like that because I'm, I'm just huge into that. So maybe that was an answer. Maybe not. I think you just but- talked about Tenet. <laughs> <laughs> uh I'm looking se- forward to the that second movie. question. Um what's a guilty pleasure food or anything you enjoy that people would be shocked to hear? Um guilty pleasure food that people would be shocked to hear. Mm. I don't I'm trying to think. What's a guilty pleasure food that I have? Hmm. I mean, you know, right now I'm a cookie fiend. That's that's something that I've noticed. I don't know about you, but uh, since I have been sober, my sweet tooth has kicked it up 10 notches. I used to have cookies or ice cream every once in a while. I used to, uh, mm-hmm. you know, I used to maybe get a handy a candy bar once a month. Now I gotta have I gotta have Once something sweet every day. It's it's crazy, <laughs> and I guess that that's a you know a side effect of Guilty being a heavy drinker mm. and then going sober True. is a uh, you know a lot of people's sweet tooth kind of kicks in. Yeah, I forgot what they call it. Um, it's like. I forgot what that's called where your, your addiction just shifts like disassociative addiction or something, something, something like that. I don't know. I can't remember, but you know, it going from, yeah, alcohol to sugar, um, is very common, very common guilty f- pleasure food or what have you. I, I love sushi. <sighs> uh, I don't know if people would be shocked to hear that. I think that's becoming more and more common. Have you ever been to, have you ever been to red? I think it's called no, red not sushi, yet. Nobody will go with me. Man, that place is amazing. I, I want to go because I that haven't place found is amazing. a sushi place that I absolutely love. I've found sushi places that are fine, but nothing like that yeah. I love. So I really want to go there because I've heard the same thing. Place is amazing. But uh, I don't know, man. I don't really have, I don't really eat anything weird. Um, I guess, I guess I, I'm a piggyback off what you said. I, I, Used to never have a sweet tooth at like ever, um, but but as soon as I stopped drinking, yeah, it's which I think that's where the weight came from. Is 
I enjoy brownies and you know crush them up into my oh all right, all right. I got something I like what I hear I got something <laughs> a lot of people don't do this but I I I I want for people to do this and then to come back and maybe send some tweets or IG messages or whatever if you if you try it out go buy some animal crackers crush them up in a glass of milk or a bowl of milk and 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 have at it and, and go at it. That's it's delicious, cereal. man. It's delicious. <laughs> right. But it's delicious. I don't know. <laughs> animal cra- graham crackers to do it too uh, with animal crackers. It's, I love doing Uh Growing up, mm-hmm. I think my brother did this. I might be putting it on somebody else. Uh, peanut butter, jelly, and ham for a sandwich. And then, yep. I'm sorry, what? Jelly Peanut butter, and ham. Jelly and ham? Yes. I guess that's not too, I, I would never try it, but I guess that's not like too, um, you know, crazy. I mean, because, you know, when you have ham and, yeah, yeah. I used to, uh, I used to make pepperoni sandwiches, which is, I think is part of the reason that I'm not the biggest fan of pepperoni anymore. Uh, yeah. You know, just take pepperoni and layer it, throw on a piece of cheese and throw it in the microwave for 30 seconds. So it's all warm. I haven't done that in a long time though. Goodness. What is a guilty pleasure? It's tough, man. It's it's tough. I mean, we don't really eat that weird or odd or different or we, we you know, I don't. What's something that, I mean, uh, you know, I used to eat hot dogs raw. Um, yeah. I, <laughs> I actually, here, here's, so. I love good cheese, um, especially right. like since I've kind of discovered good cheese is not Kraft Singles, is not Velveeta, um, but I still love uh, things cooked with Velveeta cheese. Uh, I still, I just, I don't know what it is. I, I love how s- smooth Velveeta is. Um I have noticed there's no flavor there, but uh, I don't know. It's just I like how it melts, I guess. So as long as you add some salt and pepper and maybe uh, something else to give it some flavor, I enjoy things cooked with Velveeta cheese. That could be my play. That should be. Mm, I like that. I like that. Uh, I feel that most definitely. Cheese can take a meal to an entire different level. It it can. It's like taking a Ghostbusters movie, which is terrible, to uh, you know, an Interstellar, an Inception, a Pursuit of Happiness. It's it's you know that's just how I see it. Let's see, here. you got any anything else uh, as far as questions go? I think we answered that one. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to take that quick little jab at you, uh, <laughs> but uh, no, no, that's all I had, man. Yeah, all the questions. Uh, we had another end. question from 
uh, Devlin Sheehan, but he, we answered his with the first 52 minutes of the podcast. So, thank you for your question. Mm, nice. Uh, nice, nice. I have no issues answering something like that. If you have any questions in my right. um, in the future that you think might be sensitive, I'm I'm willing to put it out there. So, um, mm-hmm. yeah, this yeah obviously is uh, emotional, a lot of anger. Mm-hmm. But this is why we have the podcast, man, to get it out in a healthy way and. And we would, just like you said at the beginning, if we would have jumped on and not talked at all about any of that, we would, I mean, that would that would not be good for our listeners um, because this is what we're living in. And, you know, one thing, we're not trying to be an escape from reality. Um, we're trying to let people know that their thoughts, they're not alone in the world. Um, Mm -hmm. you know, we're striving to be better people every day, just like I feel most people are striving to be better people every day. Um, one thing I've been seeing on social media too, going back to this is people saying, oh, now COVID doesn't matter. Uh, no, it does matter. This situation is more important. You see the, these protesters showing up wearing masks. Um, everybody's thinking about it, but when you have innocent people dying so brutally, so violently, yes, that is a time that it doesn't, it's worth sacrificing your health, well-being and life for this movement, in my opinion. Um, that being said, no, I did not go to the protests. My wife and I discussed it. Uh, for us, owning a daycare, having two small children, uh, we felt it would be irresponsible to expose ourselves to the sickness. Uh, you know, with the the looters out there, just be careful of conspiracy theories. And especially in Madison, it sounds like it was a lot of some instigators taking advantage of the situation. Um, it was after the main protest ended that that the violence, you know, started. However, Madison, Wisconsin in general, we have a lot of work to do. And if you don't know, Wisconsin Mm -hmm. is ranked dead last in states for its racism, for its segregation. Mm -hmm. And if you didn't know that, now you know. It starts with us. So, uh, is there anything you'd like to add here? That's a really good point, man. No, no, that was a really good point. I just think that if we had more allies like yourself, people who were able to articulate it the way that you do, and leave it like that, like you did there at the end. You know, we would be making leaps and bounds towards a better future um, because most people don't even know that <laughs> what you just said there at the end is what we're dealing with here in one state. Most people in this state don't even know that. 
when it comes to racial disparities, Wisconsin is dead last. And dead last, uh, or or however which way you're looking at it, or or first in that. Um, first for it's, most. It's pretty bad. And we're not talking about drunk. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> if you open your eyes and you're willing to see it, you don't have to look too far. And that's sad. Um, yeah, let's, uh, let's take this week and one day at a time and one let day, people man. know you appreciate them. Let them know by your actions, not just your words. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, Where can, can they find, find you, man? On Twitter at it's trickster. The I and trickster is a one. Uh, you can find us at untapped keg on Twitter, untapped keg on Instagram. We don't use it too much. Untapped keg on Reddit, untapped keg, Facebook, untapped keg.com. Please like us and rate us on iTunes and Stitcher, mm-hmm. Google, wherever you can uh, rate us, please rate us and leave a review. Uh, where can they find you months? Yes, yes, indeed. You guys can find me on, Twitter at Monteball28, Instagram Monteball, um, Facebook Monteball Jr. Obviously, on Tap Cake, please send us messages. Yes, likes, reviews. Um, we would greatly appreciate that. And and please keep coming back. Please keep coming back. We're having a lot of fun with this. Uh, to end this episode, and I think that this is going to be prudent, we love you all. We love you as you are. Mm. Yes. And uh, stay safe out there. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.